bring why don't we introduce ourselves to everybody uh welcome back everybody to the luck we had welcome welcome it's the luck we had a shameless recap podcast where we go through every episode of now this season is season one of the showtime original series shameless and we me i'm your host amanda sorry and this is my other co-host evan hello everyone and today we have an incredibly special guest with us. She is the co-founder of Invisible Hands, a uh, grocery delivery service for the elderly and immunocompromised in the tri-state area. She's incredible. We're in love with her. She's also a stupid talented actress. Simone Palacano, welcome to the pod. Well, thank you for having so me. That was, you guys are so nice. And I just want to put you both in my pocket forever. Thank you for having me, you wonderful humans. Uh, thank you so much for coming on this. You're our very first guest. And hopefully, maybe if you enjoy this enough, you can come back for a few Wait, episodes. stop. I'm your very first. I would have, I should have worn a ball gown, clearly. I'm, <laughs> I did not dress up at all. No, thank you so much for having me. And I would like to give a huge shout out to Miss Amanda Adams because, as you mentioned, um, this uh, organization that I accidentally started called Invisible Hands, she has been helping us for the past, I mean, I don't even, like, I want to say month and a half. I don't even know how long at this point. She's been, like, she's our email queen. She, like, goes through all of the emails that we get and, like, does some, like, auto responses and then sends the ones to people, to other people who need to respond to things. And she organizes everything and she's going through all of our sort of like backlogs of stuff and organizing everything. And I just, she is like the entire back end administration that like I deeply didn't have, but needed. And then she appeared and was like, Oh, here, I'll help you do everything. So <laughs> thank you. Seriously. Uh, so I am obsessed with Simone. I, like I, I'm obsessed with you. You're I, I'm your biggest fan and I will, I'm going to shout about you from the rooftops. I already have my favorite murder gave you a shout out, which you deeply, deeply deserved. And I'm so very proud of that. That was so crazy. And my favorite writer gave us a shout out because Amanda wrote to them and told them about Invisible Hands. And then she, I listened to the podcast and I said, holy Jesus, they're talking about Invisible Hands on this freaking podcast. So thank you. Uh, anytime. Okay, Evan, do we want to, uh, let's just, let's all just talk for a minute. Um, how's everybody been? I've been good. I've been, I don't know. This is like easily the weirdest. Th I mean, look, I think it's like the weirdest few months of a lot of people's lives for sure. Like everyone's lives. Um, but definitely, definitely the weirdest couple of months of my life um, in a good way. But, you know, in a way that I'm like, huh, I feel like I've been a different person the last few months than I've been any other months of my life. So, you know, just that. <laughs> How about you, Evan? Um, I've been at work, but I've been back at work. So it's been really interesting having to deal with that. And like at my location, uh, we have so many other individuals from other stores working with us. So like, it's not even like I'm working with my coworkers anymore. It's just kind of like a free for all and it's sad and it sucks. Aw. Yeah. Hopefully it'll get better. Simone, for context, Evan works at Starbucks. I work at Starbucks. <laughs> Got, you. Got you. Thank you. I feel informed now. <laughs> yes. You've both been to marches too. I have not been. I've not been to a march because I am afraid yes. of the corona. Yeah, I went to uh, two Baltimore marches in the first night. Oh my god, wild! <laughs> yeah, I've been to one in um, Brooklyn, one in actually a couple in Brooklyn, and one in Queens. And it's really kind of. I mean, today um, one of my friends went to uh, one in Brooklyn that was. They're estimating between twelve thousand and fifteen thousand people. Wow. 
which is just simply insane. And you guys, you guys have gotten the two different ends of the spectrum with it because Simone, from what I've seen, every one that you've been to has been peaceful and good. Evan literally had to like run from tear gas. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, um, for the most part, all of the protesters are very, very peaceful. And if someone tried to start shit, other protesters would go and gang up on that person because we wanted to keep it as peaceful because I and a bunch of other individuals were like literally in the front line in front of like the cops and the riot gear. And like in the end of the day, if someone in the back is throwing shit, who's going to get all the repercussions and hurt because of that? <laughs> all of us in the front. So I had to run a good amount of times. Uh, I did get pepper sprayed. Wasn't huh. by, wasn't, I, it wasn't me who instigated them. It was another individual down the line from me. And, of course- and I, and I just got, I got it because I was in the line. Um, I didn't see anyone hurt, thankfully, which was, I was really glad I did have to patch up this girl who did fall while running and like, she was bleeding everywhere. But I like, thankfully I was able to like get band-aids and like patch her up and shit like that. But yeah, like I, then the next night though was super duper peaceful. Like I didn't see any cops out and about and it was just such a weird, like it was a big 360 from what the first night was to what the second night was. That's crazy. Yeah. But I'm just glad everyone was okay and I didn't see anything too bad go down that night. Yeah, I was like, I was like fully in mom mode, like checking your story. Every five <laughs> seconds. I was like, okay, he's in danger. So I need to keep checking on him. Yeah, I got like my phone ended up dying like two hours in. And like I once I got like to my friend's car and stuff like that. And I had over 50 DMs from people being like, are you okay? And I was like, yes, thank you for looking out for me. <laughs> Well, we but gotta, I was like, I got to do what I got to do. We got to check in on you, man. The world is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I, ha- I haven't been to any because, frankly, the, the Philly ones that I would have gone to, it, it was impossible to reach the city from outside yeah. of the city because that's where the protests were happening on, like, 95 and, like, blocking the way in into the city. The first night in Philly was crazy. was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um but Philadelphia took down the statue of this uh, police, chief, or he was either a mayor or a police chief, Frank Rizzo. And he, my grandfather was a firefighter in Philadelphia and fucking hated that guy. So when that statue <laughs> came down, I was like, fuck yeah, Pop would have loved this. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. It was great. Firefighters, man, they don't fuck around with police. Mm-mm. No, they don't. All right. So the world is on fire. But every <laughs> once in a while, we can take a break for about an hour and talk about some stupid bullshit. You guys want to talk about some stupid bullshit? Let's talk for about, about my favorite talk about stupid <laughs> show. Yes. All right. So it's I like, like to say, as the as the newcomer um, to this whole wonderful experience, I think that it's so cool that this podcast exists because I think <laughs> I think this show is. I mean, a because like both of you are awesome humans but also i think this show maybe it's not even like underrated because like i do think it's appreciated but i think that it i didn't watch it in its like the first one this was 2011 season one and i didn't like watch it as it was first happening i came to shameless like a couple years ago like a bit later in the game and i actually came to it because here's information that deeply nobody asked for the reason i found out about it was somebody nobody can ever figure out who my celebrity doppelganger is because i don't know that i like have a one that really works but someone was like you kind of look like emmy rossum and i was like i don't know who that is and then i put my picture through like a celebrity doppelganger thing and the website was like you're like this person 
percent Emmy Rossum. And I was like, okay, who the fuck is this? So I Googled her and then I was like, what is this TV show? And um, Chandler's came up and I was like, hmm, okay, who is she? Let me watch this. And I like watched the pilot and I was like, wait, she's the coolest. And any association that I could ever have with her, I will happily take. And I think her energy is awesome. A, a like beautiful and honest look at like family and poverty and so many. <laughs> and Amanda's holding up a photograph. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, seven. you do really look like her. I don't okay look I'm like I look white and I am brunette like I and maybe we all look there's another person that you look like to me she was on Beetlejuice on Broadway she played like the Girl Scout or whatever I think you look like her it's so funny because a good friend of mine played Lydia but that's not who you're talking you're not talking about Sophia and Caruso are you no 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 Okay, because I know I love her, but that's I was like I look nothing like Sophia. Although I'm, the girl with the girl out, aren't they like twelve? No, I'm uh, so it's her and this other girl, this older. Yeah, I know you were talking about the younger girl. It's her and this other girl. They switch back and forth with roles every now and then. So I know oh. the younger girl's done the Girl Scout, and then like the big like the the shrunken head guy. Yes, but there's another older woman who like does that if like the other girls playing Lydia or like if someone needs a filler or oh. something or I think she's also played like the jockey too uh, oh okay cool well there you go maybe I do have a doppelganger I love that I mean you're awesome but I was like I will take it people give me like her and Allison sometimes Allison Williams which is funny because I'm actually friends with Allison and I'm like oh that's hilarious I also don't Look at you just throwing these names out here. <laughs> well, so let me roll back. The point that the reason I brought all this up was as you were talking about Shameless, and I was like, okay, who is this girl? Let me watch the show. And I think it's amazing. And then, you know, I fell in deep love, as we all do, with Emmy Rossum, as well as Jeremy Allen White, who plays yes, Lit. And it is. that stretch has stayed, that's going nowhere. So I, I'm actually going to turn this into an hour long podcast about my crush on Jeremy Allen White. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you know what I'm glad somebody has Jeremy Allen White appreciation in this I've never been a full Jeremy Allen White girl because I've been so distracted by Cameron and Noel Cameron like, I knew Cameron was coming I knew it like, Cameron is a snack and a half yes well done <laughs> Cameron is a snack, is a snack half. and a half Noel is a whole fucking meal it's yeah yeah that's also Ethan low-key like He's so Carl like is a baby but like he's a baby that i'm like listen you know call me in a couple years you know what i'm saying he's like 20 now <laughs> shoot your shot thank you no my listen my sister's 21 i can't go younger than 21 because it's like so weird because of my little sister yeah. but like maybe i'll get over that at some point <laughs> and, and actually will be and then like my og crush justin chatwin our little um our fun pretty boy um mr steve um, he was in, I like fell in love with him in this like deeply terrible horror movie called The Invisible, I think. That was like an early 2000s horror movie where like, get this, tell me this is like the dumbest plot I've ever heard of in my life. He like gets in a fight with like this girl and like sort of, or I forget what exactly happened, but like accidentally almost kills her or like sees that she is like almost been killed and her body is like in the woods so i think he almost accidentally almost killed her oh and he like brings her body to the woods and just like leaves her to die but the thing is he wakes up the next day no wait i'm so sorry i totally messed this up <laughs> roll back 
okay, what happens is he gets into a fight. There it is. He gets into a fight and he like gets like almost killed. And his body is like in this freaking like well or something in the woods, like almost dying. But he doesn't realize it at first because he like wakes up like it's a normal day after this fight that he gets into. And he's like, oh, whoa, guess I got into a bad fight, which like goes back into walking around the world, but nobody can see him. He's like invisible, except this one girl who like saw the fight happen, she can still see him. So he has to convince her as this weird like ghost of himself to go get his body out of the woods and like bring him to a hospital. It is a terrible movie. But I will watch this movie. <laughs> you should watch it. The woman who plays his mom is gives like this heart-wrenching performance where like she thinks her son is like missing and no one can find him and she's sobbing and it breaks my heart. But anyways, he's so pretty and he's pretty in that kind of like early 2000s way where you're just like, again, like white and brunette and like pretty boy. And 12-year-old Simone was like, please. And then I saw him in this TV show that is shameless. And I said, oh my God, maybe you actually can sort of act or are you so pretty i don't know i can't tell and you get to see his ass in the beginning of every episode for 10 years yes episode <laughs> it's man it's great what a, what a joy i'm talking about the actual episode now if you'd like i'm done so yeah <laughs> i am so glad that you took time out of your incredibly busy schedule doing very important things to talk about a stupid show with us for an hour <laughs> but boy oh boy did you come in in a great fucking episode. You came at I really the did. right time. This <laughs> I feel is... very lucky to be me here. And Amanda, me and Amanda have been waiting for this episode. Really it's a good did. one. It's just, so I actually forgot, like, I, because I hadn't watched season one in a while, I didn't, like, remember which specifically one this was, and then I pulled up Amanda's notes, and I was like, oh, this one. I rewatched it again about an hour ago to give myself a refresher, and I just made the note, I, I think this is my favorite episode of season one. Like, there's some great other moments, but, like, there are moments in this episode that I think about every goddamn day. Like, uh, and not even Ian and Mickey stuff, like, Fiona-specific stuff is stuff I think about, like, every day is in this episode. Uh, so, yeah, so let's jump right into it, shall we, after we've been recording sure. for 15 minutes, approximately. Uh, <laughs> so We have a guest. We're very distracted. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. It's gonna be a longer one. It's fine. It'll make up for that. 40 minute Debbie one that we did a few weeks ago. Oh my God. Literally. Sorry. That episode was just too fast and too <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> but this episode is season one, episode seven called Frank Gallagher, loving husband, devoted father. Uh, uh, wow. It aired originally on February 20th, 2011. I watched stuff live. As you guys said, you caught up to it a few years later. Um, yeah, no, I didn't start watching the show probably until 2015, 2016. Yeah, that's like kind of my timeline too. Like you and Amanda, you and my friend TJ had a, I mean, CJ had a very large influence in me while watching Shameless. You guys jumped Amanda in a was like my buddy. <laughs> you guys jumped I in at a rough it. time in Shameless's history, but we are sticking with season mm -hmm. one for now. We're not going to look forward. <laughs> We're going to stick to this episode that I deeply like, like a lot. Okay, so this episode was written by Eaton. It's not Ethan. There's no H. It's Eaton Frankel. We'll end up writing 13 episodes of Shameless through 2016, which is season seven. Uh, he also wrote for Gossip Girl, Friday Night Lights, Southland, Animal Kingdom, which Emmy Russell uh, uh, directed an episode of, uh, Get Shorty, the TV show, and many, many others. So, like, it's no wonder I like so many moments in this show because this guy has written for shit that I really, really enjoy. 
Um, mm. And he's also credited as a producer on over 50 of the episodes. Um, and the director of this episode was David Nutter. This is his <laughs> first of four Shameless episodes he'll go on to direct. He stopped directing in season seven in 2016. This man has also directed episodes of Entourage, the the Pacific, ER, Supernatural. So, like, these are heavy uh, hitters. Some supernatural. <laughs> we got some good guys on this episode. These are heavy, heavy hitters coming in, directing and writing this episode. So, like, it's no wonder it's one of my favorites, because these are some talented-ass people. What do you think, like, the whole process was shameless in getting different directors? Because, like, there are a lot of, like, directors throughout the seasons that we do see frequently, but, like... Like, who are the other randos? Like, <laughs> yeah. Where are they coming from? <laughs> Regina King comes in at one point and, and directs a couple episodes. Yeah, it's just, like, sporadic. Like, it feels like sometimes there'll just be, like, a small director, and then there'll be, like, someone who's, like, done, like, a lot of things and is well-known for a lot of things. I think they just shameless. They just need a little spice. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the synopsis of this episode, Frank takes a risk when goons demand the six grand he owes them. Fiona agrees to a night away with Steve, leaving Liam in an agoraphobic Sheila's care. Ian is fed up with Mickey's bullying of cash. We love seeing Mickey's name in the synopsis, everybody. Yes. Um, yeah. I was just rewatching an episode of Grey's Anatomy where the actor who plays Cash was in the episode, and I felt so bad because the character was <laughs> like a good person, but I was angry the entire time. Yeah, you sent me a clip, and I was like, ew, get away. I don't want to look at him. <laughs> Also, just, like, moment of appreciation for agoraphobic Sheila. Thank you. Wait, I Cusack. love agoraphobic Sheila. Joe Cusack is her. our lord and savior. Like, we bow to she Sheila. She literally owns me. Yeah. We bow to Sheila. Sheila is the, has, as a character in the series, had the single most satisfying arc and completion of her storyline of any character in the whole series. 100% to agree. But anyway, so yeah, Simone, feel free to jump in with your, with, any screaming or ranting that you would like to do about <laughs> any parts of these episodes at any point because we're going to go on a wild fucking ride. So the previously on for the first time in the whole season is not done by Frank. It is done by Fiona. Fiona is on the toilet uh, doing previously on and it's fantastic. They will take any reason to have Emmy Russell take her pants off. They really will. They um, honestly like shout out to her though for just being like okay. <laughs> So we open on Frank getting a swirly in a disgusting toilet from the two thugs that we met in last week's episode. One of them for sure was on prison break. The other one, I did not look up who it was. Um, but I recognize them as, one of them is definitely on Sons of Anarchy. One of them is definitely on prison break. They're, yeah, I remember you, I was about to say, yeah. like, you said something about Sons of Anarchy last episode. They're stereotypical, like, we need a bad guy goons. Um... They're giving Frank a swirly and they're demanding the money that he owes them. And that's disgusting. And they're in the alibi bathroom and we cut away. The nastiest bathroom ever. It's a nice <laughs> gross open. And we cut away from it to the Gallagher house where Fiona is returning with bread from the bakery she works at. And it's a throwaway comment, but she worked a shift there covering for yet another woman that she knows. Every odd job we've seen her do is her covering for another female friend of hers that has that job that needed coverage. Yeah. Because she's we the greatest on the planet. <laughs> so De Fiona comes back with bread from the bakery, and V is at the house doing Debbie's hair, and Steve comes downstairs and starts flirting with Fiona immediately because he loves her and it's adorable. Which is my favorite thing to watch. I just because then I get to be like, it's fine. Some people tell you you look like Emmy Rossum, so in this moment you can just pretend like you are her, right? Like that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, like he's talking he's to me. <laughs> 
I pretend in my brain. Yes. V tells Fiona that their toilet is broken. Nice. And Steve tries to convince Fiona to come away with him to a hotel. Like, in the middle of all the chaos of the morning, Steve's like, by the way, I got a hotel room. You're going to come away with me tonight, right? And Fiona's like, gives him a look like, how many fucking times do I have to tell you no? He can't, he can't just give her nice things with no fucking notice. And I don't know how he hasn't learned that by now. No, but he can give them to me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I agree with you. I do. He's very much, that's the thing with Steve. You're like, oh, like you're pretty. And like, I want Fiona to be happy. But you also, you just like insert yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're just like, this is a thing. And you're like, wait, where did you, she's, she's got a whole day to do. She can't just go to a hotel with you. She's busy. She been she's covering awake. yet another woman. She's been awake since 2 a.m. working. Like, give her a minute. But she opens the knife drawer, sees all the knives are gone, and just immediately shuts it and screams for Carl, because we all know Carl has the fucking knives. Of course he does. (laughs) And then we cut to Ian, Mandy, and Lip walking home from school, and they're- Ian and Mandy are super cute, and Lip points out the the jacket Ian's wearing- that jacket's jacket. so ugly. That jacket is so ugly. I'm sorry. What is it? What is it like a hockey jacket? It's like the Indians too, or literally it's the ugliest jacket I've ever seen. And the fact that Ian was like, I love this jacket. Like, no, shut up. <laughs> it's so ugly. Right, and strong, he wears it so much. <laughs> we get strong opinions on the jacket. For I, don't, I, I don't know why, but I remember watching We may need to do a whole other episode just on the jacket. <laughs> The jacket's feeling like its own episode. I don't know if it's the fact that Cash bought it for him. I don't know what makes you so mad. It's a little bit of everything. It's too chunky. It's like trying to be a Letterman, but like worse. Like, I'm sorry. Ian, honey. (laughs) Better. But Mandy really likes the jacket. And she says, tell Cash I'll take it up the ass if it gets me free stuff. With baby girl... (laughs) Don't you know you're dating a top? Don't you know that by now? <laughs> no also, way. like, my favorite thing about Mandy, I think she's the one that, like, the actress just, like, changed at some point, Jane right? Levy, yeah, after Jane season Levy, one. Jane Levy and then she becomes a major character. You're like, oh, honey, no. Well, Jane Levy got a part on another TV show that uh, it didn't end up lasting more than a season. It was, like, a network uh, TV show. Uh, but she got a job on a different show, and the schedules just didn't align, so they had to recast Mandy. Um, and I love it. I mean, like, shows do that. They, and they just, like, then never acknowledge. I mean, it's like Ann Viz <laughs> from, like, Fresh Friends. But they just, like, you never acknowledge yeah. that anyone is different now. Yeah. 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 Like, there was a show that I love, Sense8. They, like, recast one of the main characters. And there was just a moment in, like, the second season when you first see the guy that was recast. And his best friend is like, you look different. Did you cut your hair? And it was just that's a that moment. That's great. That is exactly what it, right. That's the right way to do it. It's like a little like wink at the fourth wall and then we move on and we've all accepted it now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so Mandy and Ian and Lip are, are walking by this truck that's, that's broken down on the side of the road and the truck driver gets out to, and asks them if he can use their phones and Lip is a little shit. And he's like, oh no, mister, we don't have a phone. Dad says not till we're 18. And so he gives him directions to a bar that doesn't exist to go and use their phone. And but, like, that truck driver was, like, rude to them even from the beginning before even Lip started his smart-ass talk to him. He was just, like, all pissed off because, like, what, his truck ran out of gas or something? Yeah, Lip decided immediately we're going to fuck this guy over because this guy's <laughs> being annoying. Uh, so he directs him to a bar that doesn't fucking exist and, like, sends him ten blocks away. And the guy's like, if you watch my truck, I will give you this $5. And Ian's like, oh, cool, thanks, mister. And it was... 
great. They're all little shits, and I love them for it. So they send the guy away to go use the phone, and Mandy pulls out the phone that she has and gives it to Lip, and he calls Kev because they're going to rob this motherfucking truck. Uh, I'm, I love this episode so much. <laughs> and then we do a hard cut from that to Fiona dumping all the knives in the sink because I guess she confiscated all the knives from Carl. And she is running around the house doing house chores because she is a busy fucking woman. And Steve keeps trying to get her to come away with him for the night. Someone's going to make a montage of, like, Fiona being the, like, you know, master of the house and, like, taking care of shit while Steve stands in a corner looking aesthetically pleasing with his symmetrical face being like, but just take a day off and come hang out with me. And she's like, literally, I run this family. Like, what do you want from me? Where do you see a day off? Honey, she can't. She doesn't have time. Yeah. Just a compilation of every time she rejects Steve. (laughs) Every episode. Cut in with every time she says fucking. And then we can cut to his body dying in the woods from that terrible movie I was talking about. Because that's what ends up happening after she get, he, he gets rejected enough times. He walks away into the woods to die. It's a new, it's a new spinoff I've made. Just run with me here, okay? I accept that. We'll fix it post. Honestly, I'd watch. <laughs> but so Steve tries and fails again to get her to come away with him. And she just can't comprehend how he doesn't see how busy she is. And then we cut to Frank walking into a jewelry store to sell a watch he stole from Karen's dad. And I approve because fuck Karen's dad. Yeah, fuck Karen's dad. Yeah. So he notices the owner is Jewish and starts ranting about Palestine and being just su- the most offensive. The most <laughs> offensive. Dude, Frank is so it's why It's why I think the character, like, Frank Gallagher is so brilliant. Because, like, <clears throat> and I think this gets into, you know, what people want to see on TV, like, these days versus 2011 and, like, what is allowed and what, like, what quote-unquote will fly and what, what won't. Like, I actually think he he's just, like, the perfect TV character because, like, it is understood in the world of a show that he's such a shithead that, like, he can do, he's the vehicle for, like, doing terrible things and you're not, like, forgiving it or giving it a pass. It's like, no, fuck Frank. Come on. Like, he's, I think, a really good device because, like, you see this, he just exudes terrible behavior at all times. So it's not like you're having this guy sort of say these horrible things and then be, like, lauded for it or like praised for it it's like it's generally accepted that like anything that he says or does is probably bad yeah (laughs) yep and bill macy does a great i feel bad because like we shit on frank a lot because frank is an asshole but like bill macy is doing the work in this show oh deeply yeah oh yeah he carried this show mostly so he's i mean agoraphobic sheila carried this show but that's oh okay you're (laughs) correct Sheila and Mickey did a lot of heavy lifting in the first few seasons. Um, Anywho, no, we we genuinely do love most of the characters. But anyway, um, so he's super offensive to the the guy running the jewelry store. So the guy says, I'll give you $35 for this watch or get the fuck out of my store. And um, so he sells the watch to the guy for $35. And then Frank goes out on the street just outside of the jewelry store and tries to steal money from a homeless blind man. But the homeless blind man (laughs) recognizes his stench and catches him and says, fuck off, Frank. My goal is to like have such a distinctive scent that like someone who like cannot see me, but just like they, I just, I have such a, such a lovely cologne or whatever. That someone's like, Oh, Simone. Hello. How are you? 
Oh my god, hi. Will your cologne smell like old style and ball sweat? Because that's what Frank smells like. <laughs> I think, like, hopefully not. But, like, listen, in this economy, maybe. <laughs> I'm not fucking, I'm not buying cologne in this economy. So that's what I got. That's what I got. <laughs> so we got from Frank trying to steal from a blind homeless man back to the truck where Kevin V are there now with, like, the whole family and half the neighborhood. They open up the truck and it's full of meat, frozen meat. So the fucking neighborhood jumps in that goddamn truck and starts stealing the meat out of the back of that truck. I literally love that for them so much. <laughs> and I love the Gallagher's and V and Kev just being like, oh yeah, no, invite literally everybody. We're like, we need to clean this shit out. And then, and then V just gets in there and she's like, all right, what y'all want? <laughs> <laughs> Some lady tries to like cut him to get a piece of meat and Kev's like, oh my God, fucking take it. It's great. So then we go from them just robbing this truck blind. I don't know how it took the guy so long that they were able to rob the entire goddamn truck. But so we cut back to the Gallagher house where they're all trying to figure out how the fuck they're going to store all this goddamn meat. Because they got more meat than anybody has any room for. And Kev says he can get them a chainsaw to cut up the big pieces from a bar regular because the regular owes him because uh, the guy the guy asked Kev to lie to his wife because the guy is getting a Hummer from some dude and Kev covered for him. So Kev has always been an ally. He's always been a friend of the gays, and that stays consistent. We literally Kevin, gay icon, for sure. <laughs> we literally pointed it out a few times already, and throughout the series, he's just a consistent, what an ally Kev Ball is. We love that for him. So they all start hacking the meetup, and the guy finally returns to his truck and sees like, oh, maybe don't trust the random kids you met on the street to watch your truck full of valuable meats. And then we don't see that truck driver for the rest of the episode, right? No, he's just fucked, and then he's gone. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> he said, I booked my co-star role, and I am out of here. Thank you. <laughs> I will time. take my check my residuals. Thank you. <laughs> and we cut from the whole community just just overloaded with meat to the cash and grab. Fuck Blech, nasty, fuck you, cash. So Ian comes in with his arms full of meat. For cash, you know, the middle-aged man he's fucking, who is Muslim, <laughs> and, like, I'm pretty sure that shit ain't halal. Like, I... Oh, my God. I mean, Cash eats pork grinds and fucks a 15-year-old boy, so he doesn't... Yeah, he's not really old. trying to keep up with his religion. <laughs> or any sane rights he deserves. Mm. Correct. I truly do feel so bad for this actor, because everything that I've seen him in, I just, I just hate him. And, like, I'm sure the actor is a perfectly nice man, and I just can't stop hating him. And I feel there's some there's some characters how I feel about that, but, like, he's one of those characters where I'm, like, even if I know you're a good person, I could care less what you're in. I'm only going to think about the one time you made me angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, poor Cash has, has a little boo-boo on his face. Oh, the old black guy. Because Ooh. we didn't see it, but Mickey had come into the store and sucker punched him and stole his fucking gun. Love, um, think, Mickey's on our side. Mickey is on our side. Mickey's also an ally. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey is M Mickey's the biggest ally there is. Uh so Ian gets that little puppy face that he gets when he is still that baby child in the first season. And he offers to replace whatever Mickey stole, and then he finds out that Mickey stole the fucking gun. Uh and that Cash pulled it pulled it on him, but didn't pull the trigger. Um, because Cash is a pussy. Like, don't shoot Mickey. Please don't shoot Mickey. But like Cash is also a pussy. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, what was I supposed to do? It shoot him over a cup of soup. Let's take that comment, put it in our back pockets for later. For later on in the season. 
Um, and I really wish we could have seen that scene. Like I like like we saw the Terry flashback a few episodes ago of him okay, grabbing just, like, cash, wrecking cash. Him in the face. <laughs> I would pay so much money just to see Noel grab that guy and just knock him right right in the kisser. It'd be great. It's one of those scenes where like you wonder if they filmed it and then just like didn't like does that exist on the cutting room floor somewhere? Can I like break into the Showtime you know collection of deleted scenes or footage or whatever and like put it on the internet or just for us to see like how do i access that's like so many mickey related scenes that got left on the fucking cutting room floor that like we know that they're yeah. there yes uh but anyway so cash cash is bitching about he never wanted the store in the first place he wishes mickey would just burn the shit down but that conversation gets cut off because everyone in the neighborhood comes in to buy charcoal and barbecue sauce because everybody's having a cookout today uh is that because should have just been called the meat truck yeah. Why does it have to be Frank? This is the meat truck episode. <laughs> uh, or just the meat. That would cover so many aspects of this episode. The meat. The meat. Anyway, uh, we go back to the Gallagher house. V has like a whole bunch of newspaper to wrap the meat in. And Fiona is sitting at a table. She's organizing. She's cutting the meat. She's wrapping it up. She's putting it in bags. Steve, once again, tries to get her to go on vacation with him. And she couldn't say fuck you fast enough. Because how does he not see how busy she is? And on top of that, Debbie comes in and says the toilet has become the tub. That's not a sentence you ever want to hear. It's so funny. And Steve, once again, is a dog with a bone with the getaway. And Fiona walks out the door and Kev finally calls him on it. And he says, listen, when she says fuck you, it means I like you. It's hood girl speak. Learn the language. Kev tells him to stop treating Fiona like a girl he can charm and whisk away and put his foot down and start telling her what he needs. I, that's another scene. That Kev moment is like a scene I think about all the time. Kev is the dumbest person alive, but when they give him look, those one little scenes where he just like spits the best facts, I'm like, I love you. Well, it's why he's so brilliantly written because you don't expect it from him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's not that guy, and then he deeply becomes that guy. And you're like, oh shit, where did that come from? Like, all of like Kevin V's like deep moments, those get me. <laughs> and I'm like, Kev is such a good guy. Yes. Like, they could pull off, like, an S&M sex scene, no problem. But, like, they also get, like, some lovely, lovely little touching moments. Like, Tomorrow Babies or Tomorrow People? I love that. I, stop. I love that. He's such a sweet man. I love him. But anyway, we cut from, like, a lovely Kev moment to the Milkovich house. Um, yes. and At this point, we should apologize, Simone, because our bullshit meter is going to... It's going to keep climbing throughout this episode. Ready? I'm buckled up. I literally, I literally love how that is a note. Yeah. <laughs> is that at this point, we should both apologize, apologize to Simone. apologize to Simone. Okay, apologize. <laughs> I'm, Simone, I apologize. I know us. I know that this is our base level bullshit meter. It's going to climb. Because we haven't even, we've just talked about Mickey so far. We haven't even seen him yet. But, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get nuts. It's great. Uh, so Ian is at the Milkovich house. And he's on the Milkovich porch and there's a welcome home dad banner because fucking Terry Milkovich is coming back from prison. Again. Um, but he's Iggy and and Colin and whatever else brothers are there and Mickey. Brothers, cousins. Yeah, went to go get Terry. So Mandy is at home by herself. And Ian's like, where is the gun? And he goes running into Mickey's room and he starts tearing it apart, looking for the gun. And he tells Mandy, tell him it ends now. No more messing with cash. And I want the gun back. And Ian, you're a puppy, but fuck cash. Like, <laughs> fuck cash. I could give a shit if he gets his gun back. 
but like also he's the facilitator for the upcoming great scene so i'll allow it um mandy freaks out and tells him to leave so she can clean up his mess before mickey gets home uh because like mickey's room seems messy but like we all know mickey um i i did a Simone, I don't know if you know, I wrote a 35-page dissertation about the characterization <laughs> of Mickey Milkovich and his, like, arc through the first four seasons, and I deeply observed uh, the the aspects of an abused child that he exhibits, and uh, his messiness and his uncleanliness is one of those things. Um, so, I have to say that, like, this is my newfound favorite fact about you, and mm-hmm. that includes the matching Amy Poehler, like, cup and mouse pad that you have going on. Um, I did not know that, and that's incredible. So thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. And also, you can send it to me right now. Thank you. She sent it to me like a couple years ago, and oh my god, it is such a good read. If it's not in my inbox in the next half hour, are we even friends? Okay. It's called Mickey Milkovich Dissecting the Uncommon Thug, and it was supposed to be a 10-page paper analyzing just a part of a show for a class, for Theorizing Media class, and it started at 40 pages, and I cut it down to 35 and turned it in and my teacher I had him again the next year and we had to do a final either like just project or paper and I asked him if he wanted a paper and he basically said I never want to see a paper from you again that's brilliant (laughs) god bless you Harry Haynes it was great Uh, I will be sending that to you it's my favorite it's my favorite thing I ever did in college um and I made movies so uh except for Wet World Wet World is in a league of its own thank you yeah uh Evan, Simone is a star of a short film called Wet World that I will one day convince the director, my friend Tom, to release unto the world because it is. I want to see it. It's amazing. Simone plays the. It's in a water park. It's great. It's very exciting. It's it's fantastic. If you've never had an indoor water park all to yourself, then I don't know what to tell you. How do you even live? Yeah, it's a wild experience. Oh, Sahara Sams. Anyway, back to Shameless. (laughs) So Mandy kicks Ian out of the Milkovich house, and we're back. To Frank, he's holding up an old woman at an ATM, and once again, this person recognizes him, tells him to fuck off, and leaves. Because he threatens her with, he says, is a gun, and she's like, yeah, that's your hand, go home and jack off. Fuck you, Frank. We love this. We love just people on the street knowing It's just generally accepted that that Frank is a piece of shit. Yeah. Everybody knows. Nobody's putting up with him. A few episodes, he got kicked out of a homeless shelter. How do you even do that? And then- You actively be the worst. Yeah. So we hard cut to the Gallagher house of Fiona screaming, you left Liam where? And we found out Steve left Liam with Sheila for the night, which was a very smart decision. Sheila bakes all day and stays inside and is the most competent and safe person to leave a child with. It was was a great decision on Steve's part. I fully agree with that. We cut away to seeing him drop Liam off and Sheila is over the moon thrilled. She's so excited. <laughs> I can keep him in my room until Karen goes to college level thrilled to have a baby in the house. Excited Joan Cusack is like my favorite just general state of being. Like she, she's just brilliant. And she puts on oven mitts before she grabs him because she's OCD, but it's still really fucking cute and I can't take it. Like, oh, oh, it's so good. This, throughout this whole episode, every time we cut back to Sheila babysitting Liam, my heart exploded. It was so good. Yeah, it's, just, it's too cute. It's like it's like when you bite into a fruit that's like too sweet and it makes your teeth hurt. Like, that's how I feel emotionally. And we cut from that amazing sweetness back to Fiona. She's furious. She's arranging meats in the freezer and yelling at Steve. 
and telling Debbie to go get Liam from Sheila's house. And Steve tells Debbie, no, the kids can absolutely survive a night without Fiona in the house. And all I have to say, um, I think her permanent, her semi-permanent state of being, her like her state of being in this season is arranging meats in the fridge and yelling at Steve. I think that is like truly Fiona Gallagher like state of being. Yes. In like the same three t-shirts throughout the whole series. No bra. Never a bra. Never once a bra. Steve and Fiona still keep fighting and they finally go into the house and Steve says to Fiona, you know when a plane's going down and they tell you to put down your mask before helping anybody else? Put your mask on, Fiona. And he storms out of the house and she yells after him that she's never been on a plane. And it's adorable. Thank you. (laughs) And you said, that is classism, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Totally classism. But, like, it was also her, like, throwaway, like, she has nothing else to add to this fight. Just, I've never been on a plane. Fuck you. Get out of my house kind of moment. Uh, But it also kind of says it all. It's in this beautiful, like, I think it's actually incredibly poignant because I think it's like, fuck you, I've never been on a plane. But also, we come from two different worlds, and I, you don't understand that I can't just like go on, be on a little getaway vacation with you for the night because I have to run my family because we don't have money because I've never been on a plane. So like, screw you, pretty boy. <laughs> that was the translation that I, yeah. Absolutely. Know. <laughs> I agree. Like I, I love Steve so much. And like, I know how like his way of like, of relaxation is like spending a lot of money and that's not Fiona's cup of tea, but like he tries so hard. <laughs> oh no. He is the most like sweet, well-meaning white man that has ever been. So Lip comes And we love a sweet, well-meaning white man. Yes. And speaking of a sweet, well-meaning white man, Lip comes in the back door and gives Fiona a very, like, mixed expression of, like, they don't say a word, but you can sort of see on his face that he's, like, trying to convince her to, to go. Like, bitch, you need a break. That was what I got from his face. Bitch, you need a break. Yes. Get yeah. this girl on app. So she goes into the other room and she starts to clean up and she turns around and somebody's pushing a whole bunch of mail through their mail slot and she opens the door and we meet Kermit, who I love deeply. He's an alibi barfly. He's just like a background character, but I love Kermit. He's an acquaintance of Frank's and Kermit is here to drop off a trash bag full of Frank's mail because Kermit's new girlfriend is making him clear Frank's shit out of his house and apparently Kermit has been keeping all of Frank's mail. And we go through it all, <laughs> and we discover so Fiona is dumbfounded, and she looks through all this mail, and she realizes these are all credit card bills, because Frank has been running up credit card debt all around the city under all of the kids' names, because he's still a piece of garbage. Right, like, fuck up your own life is one thing, but fucking up all of your children's lives at the same time yeah. really takes skill. It's almost impressive. And we cut from all of, like, a montage of Frank spending money and Fiona looking through the credit cards and finding out you can charge cocaine to a credit card, apparently. And we're over at the alibi. Everyone in the neighborhood is doing a buffet of meat on the pool table. And Frank tries to offer his liver for sale to a drunk surgeon down the bar from him and gets rejected. And we get a few more choice great lines from lesbian flannel bartender. I'm sure they gave her a name at some point. I don't remember it, and I'm not looking it up. So Fiona barges in and says exactly what you just said, Simone. She dumps all the credit cards, and she's like, you're fucking up your life, and now you're fucking up their lives. Do you know how much debt your kids are in? But then Frank says 7500 which, like, isn't that much. 
Like, that's not that's not that much debt. No, but it's more debt than, like, you know, a six-year-old should have, maybe. Yeah, no, for, for sure. But, like, the way, like, trash bags full of bills makes you think he's racking up hundreds of thousands. 7,500 bucks. That's true. That's not too much. It's not that bad. Um, it's, he's a shitty person. Uh, but Frank goes on a rant about the government, as he does, and, uh, just, well, like you said, he's the perfect example of the shittiest person you can imagine on this show. And we all just get to see that on these random right-wing rants he goes on every once in a while. And Fiona tells him to never ever use the kids' names again, which, good on you, Fiona. And then over back to the cash and grab. And I'm only not gonna barf, because we have Linda absolutely roasting the ever-loving shit out of Cash in this scene. <laughs> and it's amazing for letting Mickey take the gun from him. She's like, how can a man who has fathered two children have no balls? We love you. I love her so much. We love Linda Carey so much. Someone needed to say it. Yeah. And the only thing I'm gonna fight her on is encouraging uh, Mick, uh, Cash shooting Mickey, because like, let's leave, let's leave Mickey alone. But Ian comes in while Linda is roasting the shit out of her husband. And she kind of accuses Ian of stealing from them because of the new jacket. And she asks if anything is going on behind her back. And there is a very tense amount of eye contact between Ian and Cash. But she she just tells him there's security cameras. And uh, guess her pedophile husband needs to be more careful fucking the 15-year-old in the store. And, like, once again, Evan and I have discussed this in previous episodes. This show keeps trying to paint Linda like she's the bad guy in the situation. Yeah, it's very un- overwhelming the way they try to paint her. Because, like, they try to, like, make us feel bad for Cash. And I'm like, I don't feel nothing for that man. No, Cash is, Cash is a rapist and a horrible human. And, yeah. yeah. And, like, they keep every time we see Linda, she's angry and screaming. Which, like, bitch, she should be. Her husband is running their business into the ground. And she doesn't yeah. know it. But and she... cheating on her with a child. Exactly. I would be a little angry as well. Yeah. I and, like, like, at this point, she knows it's happening, too, which is, like, no, even more overwhelming. she doesn't know yet. She doesn't know Wait, yet. she doesn't know yet? She doesn't know yet, no. And and this scene, she does not know yet. Um, okay. Spoiler alert for the end of the episode. Sorry about it. Uh, Sorry, but, oops. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, yeah, without even knowing that her husband is cheating on her with a child. She's just trying to get their fucking lives together, and he just keeps dropping the goddamn ball. And I'm on I'm on Linda's side all the time, every time. I love her. Um, so then we cut back to Sheila's house. She's having the time of her life. She's dressing Liam up, Liam up in Karen's clothes. She's playing with Karen's old baby stuff, and she's looking through all of the shit, and it's very cute. And she finds a picture of her and young Karen in the outdoors at a picnic and she just the look on Joan's face she gets very very sad for a moment and it's really touching and you can see something's processing in her head and then we go back to the Gallagher house V tells Fiona that she and Kev are petitioning to get a foster kid which I fully forget about every single time I rewatch the show that they <laughs> I know like, like re-surprise yeah. like oh that I fully like, forget about it. Like, such a good part of that series, but, like, just totally forgotten. Like, the actress who ends up playing their foster kid, I remember seeing her in another show and being like, oh, I think she was on Shameless. Is that Karen? And then I look her up, I'm like, oh, right! It's the foster kid! Every time. She's so forgettable, and I feel bad about it, but... So they have a best friend. V and Fiona have a best friend bitch session where V tells Fiona that Fiona is being irrational and just go to the hotel and fuck with the curtains open. And, like, unwind and lose your shit. Everything's going to be fine. And Fiona cannot take that and just, like, leaves the room. 
And then meanwhile at Sheila's, she takes her gloves off to touch Liam and it's really cute. Oh, this moment is so pure. This moment is so pure. She just touches his little baby. You know, he's got that soft little fat baby cheek. Yes. Like, oh. She just, the way she caresses him. <laughs> it's so cute. It is so unbearably cute. Oh, but you know, it's not cute. Frank. Um, the cut to Frank. He's joining a bum fights video to make some money. And he talks to a guy who apparently uh, was presumed dead because when he went out on a smoothie run, his office building got hit by a Cessna and he's presumed dead. So he basically tells Frank, be presumed dead. Start your life over. And it's, but like, I guess it puts a nugget of an idea in Frank's head. Cut back to Sheila's house. She's getting Liam's, she's getting Liam's clothes out of the dryer and it's very cute. And she turns around and Liam is not there. Liam has voice is gone. <laughs> Liam has wandered outside to the front yard. It's the moment we all knew was coming, but we're all terrified for. Yeah. And like, he's fine. He's fully encased in the front yard. Like he's not going anywhere, but Sheila walks outside and we see that montage of every scary thing that could happen in the outdoors is happening to her all at once. And she's terrified and she cannot breach to the outside. And she ends up locking herself back inside and having a panic attack. And it's really upsetting. And I love Sheila. And we cut away from that to Fiona and Steve. They're at the hotel. Fiona looks so hot. She looks so good. She's so yeah. hot. Like she does when she straightens her hair and wears those dangly gold earrings. Like, yes. fuck. She's so hot. And they're, <laughs> that we find, she thinks, she, I think she thought this whole time that Steve got them a suite. No, no, no. Of course he did not. He is swindling no. a suite from a buddy of his. It's the honeymoon suite at this hotel. And it's very fancy. My one of the things I love about the scene is that like the the doorman or like the little guy who works at the hotel with him, like the like the guy with the black curly hair, mm -hmm. he is actually friends with Keith Hazardberger from the Try Guys, and him and Keith and his other buddy are all in some like singing a cappella group together. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I was like, I know him from the Try Guy videos. But so yeah, they scam their way into the honeymoon suite because apparently the the bride saw the husband on To Catch a Predator. Whoops. Oops. Uh, and we cut back to Sheila. Sheila's terrified. She can't, she can't go outside. Like, we just go flashback to Sheila. She cannot go outside to find Liam. And she has a panic attack. And then we're back to the hotel. This is the scene that I think about all the time. Fiona's, like, upstairs, and they're looking at the hotel room, and she asks if they can get a burger, because, like, the, the hotel probably gave them something, like, expensive and hard to pronounce. And she sees it's just like a cheesesteak and she take, she sits down and goes, I think I just came. Like, I think about that <laughs> moment all the time. It's a great moment. <laughs> but my favorite moment in this episode and potentially the series is what happens right afterwards. When she I need you to, I need you to say your next note because it's my favorite part of the show. We're back at Sheila's. She's got yeah. a plan. She is tethering herself to the house and she is getting Liam from that yard. She tethers herself to her house so that she get you a man who. That's all I'm gonna say. That's my entire thought on that. Sheila's the superior she, boyfriend. She, oh my god. She ties sheets together to make to make a tether for herself, tying herself to her banister and around her waist so she can run outside and get her boy. And run back inside. It is the most, it is the, it is the sweetest, most whole, like, I don't even remember the last time I was rooting for someone that hard. I have never cared about someone's ability to, like, complete a task as much as I did in that moment. I was like, everything, I was like, God, 
if you grant agoraphobic Sheila the ability to do this, I won't ask you for anything ever again. You don't have to give me my allowance. You don't, whatever. Just let her do it. <laughs> she does it. She does I it. Her. She does it. She goes outside. She gets Liam and scoops him up and brings him back in the house. And everybody's fine. And it's really sweet. And I love Sheila a lot. My favorite thing that happens, like, right before Sheila gets him is that, like, Frank's just, like, walking down the street. And he sees Liam outside. And he just goes, hey, Liam. And then just keep walking. And that is what Frank is a piece of garbage. He is such a piece of garbage, in fact. When we cut back to the Gallagher house and they're all chowing down on the meat, and Frank tells them a huge guy jumped him and tried to beat him up. Lip just says, Good for him. Jeremy Allen White's got some little nugget moments, and that was one of them. Frank asks them all if they've ever wanted to see him dead, and they all agree. Yes, they've yes. all wanted to see him dead. <laughs> Please. And now they have a mission. They're about to fake a motherfucking funeral to get Frank out of the hot water he is in with these guys demanding money from him. So this is the moment Evan talked about a few episodes ago. Debbie goes to the dry cleaners and offers that her a bone from the meat for the dry cleaners pit bulls. And she mm -hmm. offers more meat so that she can get a funeral suit for Frank. And then Lip and Kev go to steal a... Steal a coffin and a hearse, I think. They're stealing both a coffin and a hearse. Just the, just the thought that they are, they gotta go steal those two things, like, I cannot. Are you, like, kidding me? The amount of plotting that exists in this show is, like, kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah. There was an episode a few a few uh, weeks back that we just dubbed the heist. Uh, when Debbie has, when they have to return a child that Debbie has stolen, it's a whole-ass heist. It's great. Uh, but, yeah, so Kevin Lip are, like, talking about Kev wanting to be a foster dad and wanting to set a good example for these kids while he is actively breaking into a hearse. What a king. And then V, we're at V's house. She's got the hookup for some drugs that can knock Frank the fuck out and make him seem dead in this coffin. And of course, Frank wants all of the drugs, but V makes sure to get what they need to knock him out. And then we go to the cash and grab. Blech. Where Ian and Cash are adjusting the cameras that Linda has put in so they can create a dead zone so that Ian and Cash can continue to fuck in the store. The and thought then, that they, like, still just do it in the aisles, like, bro, why can't you do it behind the counter? Isn't the there, like, at least another back room? Do it in the alleyway. Like, yeah. oh, my God, you nasties. And while, while they're in the store fucking in their little Bermuda Triangle they created with the cameras, the camera fucking moves, and we see it move. Because they're banging against something, and it's moving. Like, they're dumb. They're so stupid. We cut away from that to a lovely scene of Fiona and Steve are at the hotel. Fiona is fully asleep on Steve's chest, and he has been just awake watching TV on mute because she is asleep on his chest. It's real cute. And they flirt, and they tease each other, and they're irresistibly cute. And Steve bribes the bellboy to get them into the pool, and I just need a moment because this pool scene. Yeah, it's wild. Oh my god. Oh, I wasn't yeah. ready. I don't know. Yeah, I was not, did not expect it to happen that fast. I think about this pool scene. It's like my top 10 favorite moments of the whole fucking show is this pool scene. <laughs> it's I just love that for you. The best pool fucking I have ever seen in my life. Like, it was. You said this is the best uh, pool fucking that you've seen in your life? Yeah. How much have you seen? You know Kevin the amount in a pool. You know the That's amount true. of queer movies that include fucking in a pool. It's a lot. Sure. <laughs> is it? Sure. What's that one show? Is it Skins? When yeah. there's like, what is it? What's the other game guy's name? Is like Even and I, I, 
I, it's Zach or something like that. Uh, it's not skin. It's scam. Scam. Friends. Scam. Yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never seen the show, but I'm on Tumblr, so I know what the fuck that I, is. I know, I know they have a makeout in the pool scene, so that's why. <laughs> no, the amount of queer cinema and television shows that includes fucking in a pool, it's off the charts. It's pretty wild. But Fiona and Steve, just top of the list. This is my best. This is my one of my favorite, definitely my favorite straight sex scene I've ever seen. But like... Oh, that's high praise. Yeah. I mean, aside from the first episode when they're fucking in the kitchen, just like causing a ruckus. Like, oh, that's, that's, that's also a great one. That seems great. Uh, but we cut away from just the a high point <laughs> to another high point. What's about to happen? Uh, we cut, it is the next morning. Ian is walking up to the Milkovich home yet again, but this boy's got a fucking plan this time. He grabs a tire iron off of the front porch, because sure, and he walks in. And the way that they shoot him walking into the house, that is not the anatomy of that house. Um, mm -mm. The anatomy of the Milkovich house doesn't matter. It changes constantly. Yeah, it really does. Kind of like the actor who plays Mandy. Doesn't <laughs> matter, changes Aww. constantly. Sorry, um, that was really fun. Love you, whoever um, you are, actress. Her name's Jane Levy. She's got a show called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Highly recommend. It's really good. Um, there you go. So, Which is different than Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. That's yes. a movie. Yes, it is. Cool. It is. It's a show with Skylar Aston and Lauren Graham. It's great. Anyway, great. we cut. We, we're at the Gallagher or we're at the Milkovich house. Ian is walking in. He is armed. He wakes up a sleeping Mickey by tapping him on the back and demands Cash's gun back. And Ian's Mickey is all sleepy and he wakes up and they get into a fight. Fucking Gallagher. Fucking Gallagher. And Ian demands the gun back. They get into a fight. They start throwing each other violently against the walls. It's rough. It's ridiculous. They stop. Mickey's got the upper hand. He has pinned Ian to the bed. He's got the tire iron over his head. They're breathing heavy. They lock eyes. And then they start also, tearing off their also clothes. Also, we need to point out that literally Mickey's dick is in Ian's in face Ian's at this face. moment. And you see a moment where he looks like down into Mickey's crotch. And you see it click. They know what's about to happen. Mickey yeah, because like you, they both do like an inaudible, like kind of like. Yes. Yeah. And it just they're, like happens. They're like stand they're like huffing and puffing looking at each other and the tension fades into something different and they start ripping their clothes off and the camera cuts back outside the door because Cam is 15 years old and can't shoot a sex scene yet. But Ian and Mickey be fucking. How old is Noel at this point? Noel is 25. And oh he's God. just all up on Ian. <laughs> baby face. Listen, acting is a bizarre career choice for many reasons, one of which is because you can find yourself on any given Tuesday a 25-year-old doing a sex scene with a 15-year-old. Yes. Yeah. And, like, let it be said, there's no, it's probably, um, there's a spoiler alert for the series, whatever, it's probably the reason that, that they incorporated the fact that Mickey is not going to kiss Ian for the first few seasons of their relationship because Kim yeah. was not 18 until the third season. Sure, they're like, we don't want to walk makes, on this road. That makes so much sense. I never even thought about it that way. Because it really plays into Mickey's character, but also, like, it's illegal. Because, <laughs> like, the one other time we see... No, like, Ian... wait, doesn't he kiss Cash, though? No, what but remember fuck? that scene? It looked, like, the way they cut that scene, it looked like he pulls Cash to his face, and they cut away to what was, like, so clearly not him. Them. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Like, yeah, I think that might be why they incorporated Mickey along with all of Mickey's trust issues that are ingrained in his personality. Um, the fact that he, and his internalized homophobia, we're not going to get into it. Anyway, uh, so Ian and Mickey be fucking, and we're cutting away from that 
to Sheila's house where Fiona and Steve are rested and relaxed and have fucked their brains out for an entire night. And they're picking up Liam and Sheila does not want to let him go. She insists, she knitted him a sweater overnight and she insists that she, <laughs> I love her. she'll babysit Liam whenever they want her to. Whenever. She, they can just drop him off at her house. She doesn't care. And she has paint on, I don't know if you guys noticed, when she hands Liam back, she's got paint on her forehead and she doesn't even care. <laughs> doesn't even care. She's too happy. She was too happy. She didn't care that she had paint on her forehead. Oh, we love that for her. And we cut back to the Milkovich house. Wow, they're really cutting between my two favorite characters today. From Sheila back to Mickey. Um, back to the Milkovich house. So we see a shot of, like, Terry, their Nazi, terrible, horrible father, asleep on the couch. Mandy comes in and wakes him up with her noise. And uh, she says he's, she's making breakfast. And we see him get up and wander into Mickey's room to use the bathroom. And then come out. And he and Mickey are frozen, fully naked under the covers. And Mickey's got a fight or flight response in his in his hands. Terry stops and looks back at them and tells them to put clothes on because they look like a couple of not saying that. And like he leaves the room and you see them visibly deflate and like Mickey's like eyes are up at the ceiling and. It's a really beautiful moment. A very complicated, beautiful moment. Yeah. So we cut from that like tense, tense, heavy moment uh, back over to the alibi. The thugs are coming in. They're looking for Frank. And Kev tells him that Frank OD'd and died last night. And they ask where Frank is. And Kev says, my, my heart says up there, but my gut, my gut thinks. And he points down. Because <laughs> Kev's acting has improved from the last time he was told to do a setup to now. He's very... Yeah, Kev, doesn't, Kev has done a lot of lying for this family. Yeah. But, like, this time is very convincing. He's like, Frank's He's dead. Go see for yourselves. And before we cut back to the thugs going to the Gallagher house, we're back in Mickey's room. Ian's getting dressed, and we see Mickey throw the gun, Cash's gun, onto the bed. Ian recognizes the gesture, goes in for a kiss, and we get the iconic line, kiss me, and I'll cut your fucking tongue out. Yeah, a thing I noticed on Mickey's wall, this is a side note, um, he's got a catcher's mask hanging on his bedroom wall. The production design signaling to us that Mickey is, yes, a bottom. Yes, he bottom. is. <laughs> Yes, he is. We don't do it. Ian is a pitcher. Before we even get confirmation that Ian is a top, we know Mickey is a bottom. We love that for him. We cut from that. Steve and Fiona are walking up to the house with Liam, and they see a hearse outside of the Gallagher house, and Fiona rightfully is like, I was gone for one fucking night. And they go in to see everyone setting up Frank's funeral, and Debbie throws in the eternal question, anybody seen Ian? <laughs> Great question. Who knows? Great question. Can we ask that a little bit more in this series? Has anybody seen Ian? Can you tell us? He's doing me, his own thing. That gets me fucking heated. Uh, Where's the Ian spinoff? <laughs> Truly, give us an Ian and Mickey spinoff. Give me literally. the private practice for Ian. You know Cameron and Noel would be so down to do that. 100%. They like well, getting paid. If they, need to, if they need to recast Fiona, they re listen, they recast people on the show all the time and they don't make any mention of it, so... Am I going back to my Emmy Rossum celebrity doppelganger? <laughs> Fine, I will do it. Yes. Twist my arm. We support this decision. Obviously. Twist my goddamn arm. <laughs> uh, so, be, has anybody seen Ian? Well, as a matter of fact, Ian is trying to sneak out of Mickey's house. He gets caught by Mandy, but he just tells her he got the gun back, and he pulls up his, his shirt and shows her the gun in his waist. And we see Mandy's face, and oh, that poor sweet baby angel. 
Oh, she loves him so much. She's got such a crush. Too bad he's gay. Super, super gay man. We've all been there. We've all been Mandy. It's okay. We have. As a matter of fact, we all have. We're back at the Gallagher's house. They're putting makeup on Frank, and they're putting ice all around him to make him look dead. Uh, he gives one last rant uh, about, like, seeing, remembering when Carl was born, and Lip's like, well, you weren't fucking there, so that's a lie. And Lip just punches him out. And they knocks his shit. They they put him into the coffin. He's he's out cold. And the, I love how they like packing him with ice and stuff to make his body temperature go down. They thought about it. They've thought this through. Yeah, literally, V have them fucking set. And the thugs pull up and go inside, and they see Frank is like dead, dead. And everybody's like crying, and everybody's sad about it. And you hear the killers on, or you hear the thugs on the phone ask their boss if he wants them to take Debbie. Or they ask if they want any of Frank's fingers or toes for proof. And while they're on that delightful phone call, we see Carl uh, throwing a rock into their windshield to set their... There is no way there was an alarm on that truck. That truck no, it was the shittiest, ruggedy piece of thing. You know that thing has, like, the push-down locks or whatever. <laughs> like, uh-uh. That, that truck was fully a piece of garbage. So we're, I guess we're to believe that truck had an alarm on it. That got set off when Carl throws a rock into the windshield. And then we get an assist from V's boobs uh, to keep them distracted while they go. We love V's boobs. The thugs go outside because they said they're not leaving until Frank is in the ground. So they have to distract the guys outside while they switch Frank out for all of the rotted meat from the trash can. Call back to meat truck. (laughs) (laughs) We love a call back. And they load it all into the coffin. The guys help carry the coffin out to the hearse. And while they're all driving away, we cut back and see Frank's limp body just fall out of the closet. And then from that delightful scene of Frank's funeral, we are back at the cash and grab where Linda shows Cash the accidental sex tape he made with a child. The fact that like she just was like going through the tapes too, probably to see if Mickey came back. Yeah. Nope. Matter of fact, it is your husband getting cornholed by Billy Elliot. Horrible. Which is the best, is the best line. I love that line. And she's, she goes, must be big, judging by the grimace on your face. So that, this is the first undeniable proof that Ian is a top, that we get like canonly in the series. We've been saying yes. it the whole time, but Billy Elliot cornholing the father of the children. <laughs> it's so funny. I love that for her. They, they start fighting and Ian comes in to return the gun. Linda rounds the, the cash register and punches Ian in the face, which like fair. Ian fucked yeah. her husband. Yeah, you can hit him. And she demands another baby from Cash, and she says she'll ha- let Cash have what he wants if he gets her pregnant. But he can't fuck Ian again until she's pregnant. And like, oh, I- I'm so glad she's giving him permission to continue fucking the child. <laughs> that he's yeah, like, like, what about do, do, would the police give him permission to do that? Like, what, like, do would laws give him permission to do that? Yeah, maybe not. Like, I, I. Oh. I want to be on her side, but like, girl, your husband's a pedophile. Can we address that? No? Okay. Um, right. The fact that, like, she's just like, okay. Like, girl. But she tells It's Kat, like, it's one thing if he cheated, but how is the focus of the fact that he cheated, but he cheated with a child? Exactly. Uh, nobody in Shameless has any good morals. We'll just say yeah. that. <laughs> but she does not fire Ian because Ian just like assumes he's fired and goes to turn in his apron. She says, you're not fired. Frankly, I think you can do better. 
Correct. That's correct. Literally true. Yeah. Crying. Savage. Done. So, like, I'm not saying Linda's perfect, but, like... She's better than Cash. (laughs) She's better than Cash. She should report him. I understand why she didn't. She's got reasons. But still, Ian puts the gun down on the counter, and he leaves. And we're over at the alibi for Frank's wake. And uh, Kev gives a eulogy and says, Frank Gallagher, loving husband, devoted father, which is the title of the episode. (laughs) That's the name of the title. And he gives a bullshit eulogy about Frank. And then the bad guys are satisfied. They're drunk. They leave the bar. Everyone waits for them to leave. They lock the door and Frank comes popping out of a back room and they all start to party. And like, good I for love you. that. <laughs> I love they're like, yay. Like, no, shut up. No one likes Frank. Frank has escaped consequences again. Yay for him. Frank talks about seeing the light when he was dying, quote unquote. Oh God, my eyes rolled so far. I rolled my eyes so hard that they just like got stuck looking at my brain. I was like, you are such an idiot. And but again, like I no one give no one in the world of the show even gives him the time of day because yeah. it's understood that he is this idiot. Ian comes into the bar and Lip thankfully seems at least a little bit worried about Ian's two two black eyes now from getting yeah. fucked up by Mickey before they before they got down to business and then by getting hit by Linda. He's got two black eyes, this poor boy. And they're all partying at the alibi. And we're back over to Sheila time at Sheila's house. She's packing away all the Liam toys. And then she throws her birth control in the toilet. I love that. Sheila. This is she not wants the a baby solution. so bad. She's she said, like, I'm ready for a baby. She's like popping each individual one in the toilet and then just like throws it, like flushes it, and she like claps for herself. <laughs> she's so cute. But like this she's means so she's cute. trying to have a baby with Frank, y'all. That's and a good would do that. No. Nope. Because it's Frank. Yeah. And we're back at the bar. It's karaoke time. Fiona is loose. She's happy with Steve. He says, I love you. And that was big. I needed to sit down for that. Yeah. And that we man. do not get her response because she seems Ian. She sees Ian walk by and seems at least a little bit concerned about what's happening on his face. And Ian tries to like play it down, and V jumps into nurse mode, and because everybody remember V's a nurse. Can we all remember that? We need a reminder remember. every episode that V has medical knowledge, so y'all know. Uh, and she jumps into nurse mode to fix his face. Frank trashes the flat screen at the bar, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Wow. Can't <laughs> you better in a shameless episode? I do not think you can. Nope. Uh, and the after credit scene is Frank buying a new TV with a credit card under Liam's name. So he's learned nothing from all of nope. this. Yeah, you can't expect much from Frank anymore. And even it being the first season, you still can't expect much. <laughs> really. And that's it. That's that's the end of the episode. We did that's it. That's the episode. Like I said at the top of this episode. This is probably one of my favorites of season of season one. It's probably my favorite full episode of season one. Yeah, I really like this episode a lot because, like, even though like it's a pretty big Frank centric episode, it's not really only revolved around him. Like, he's like dead half the time, so it's just like watching everyone work around it, and I love it. Yes, yeah, really, I mean it's really watching all the parts of the family have their own little like situations going on. And there's so much Sheila. Oh, so, much so much Sheila. So much Sheila. And Fiona getting to relax. Like, her manic, crazy energy in the top, like, that's a mood. But, like, her getting to relax yeah. and just get fucked and, like... <laughs> in a pool. Is also a mood. Yeah, that's a whole mood. Like, that's... Her beginning is, like, what life is like, and the middle of the episode is, like, this is what life could be like if, like, the world wasn't a piece of shit. I have a, I have deep love in my heart for this episode. We all know that. 
we all know from the thumbnail to this to this series of podcasts <laughs> to everything that comes out of Evan and I's mouth. Yeah. This was going to be a big episode for us no matter what. The fact that we had this a This episode just jumpstarts everything else and I'm ready. I'm so honored to have like been a part of this experience. This is like a very big deal for me. Yeah. I know you came in at such an important episode. I'm so glad you did. I'm like so happy. We're fucking what honored were to have of you. That? Evan, I like recorded the moment when I told you that Simone was going to be our guest and I sent it to her. And I was like, I just want you to know that we're like, we're both immediately obsessed with you. <laughs> it was the sweetest thing. And I am still recovering from it. And I am honored to have shared this beautiful moment with you guys on this beautiful episode. I'm so excited. Uh, You're a fantastic person, of course. Thank you. Oh my God, so are you guys. When, when can I get back? Right now. We're in such uh, big obviously, love next Simone, episode. we will literally have you back whenever the fuck you want. Like, when, whenever. Like. I just you can call me up the day before and be like, "Can I be on this week's episode?" And I'll be like, "Yes, you absolutely can." We love. Hey, you. Don't tempt me, girl. Don't tempt <laughs> me. It, no, it is an open invitation. We would love to have you back, literally whenever. And like I said, um, like we said earlier, that you like you didn't watch it from the beginning. You haven't like maybe rewatched it as many times as Evan and I have. And I love that perspective because Evan and I are so deep into this show, right? That it's so nice to have people from. Well, Not listen, I'm actually ultimately probably going to be deeper into the show when we make the Ian spinoff and I'm Fiona. But like <laughs> until then, yes. I hear you. I deeply hear you. I fully support that. Just an Ian and Mickey spinoff where Ian's like, Fiona, did you like change your hair? And it's you being like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. Got a cut, got a few more freckles. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. All good. Curly, curly your hair, same girl, whatever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah it was so lovely to have you um did yes you, thank you did you have thank a- you so much for having me i need now i need to like i want to go watch episode eight now i want to just like go get this groove yes like i i have said before in this series i've watched religiously ep- seasons one through five like many many times i have not seen a single episode of season six through nine at all except for the ones that mickey briefly appeared in and then I rewatched. You stopped I, watching? I stopped watching because, like, spoiler alert for anybody who isn't up there, Mickey gets written out in se- the end of season five because they didn't want to pay Noel what he was worth. So Mickey gets written out except for a few. Garbage. Except for a few key episodes in season six, seven, and nine. So, like, I didn't, I just stopped watching. I just stopped watching because my favorite character Listen, was gone. It's your right. It is your God given yeah. constitutional right. And then in season nine, Emmy left. And then Cam left, and the writers went, fuck. And yeah, they were like, uh-oh. They begged Cam to come back, and he said, only with Noel. And now Cam and Noel are, Noel is now a series regular, just like everybody else. And he's in the title sequence, and we love him. And, and uh, he, yeah, he's going to be a series regular for season 11, and I'm really excited. Yes. Amazing. If they ever get to film it, uh, because apparently, if you start filming too soon, they're going to have to cut any and all, like, kissing, sex, touching scenes out of anything because of right. the corona. Uh, or they could just wait a year and film it later. Which Do you remember fun. that whole thing that came up that said that they're going to talk about, like, they're going to incorporate COVID? Like, we don't want that. Only Nobody if it kills Frank. I do not want every, I don't want there to be one season of every TV show in which there's a pan, there's like, we're in a pandemic. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 
I think they're just gonna do it to kill Frank off, honestly, if they were. But like I don't care. I don't even care if Frank dies or not. I just don't wanna deal with COVID and I look we're already going through it right now. I don't wanna right, watch like, my favorite don't character. COVID into our escapism, please. Thank you. If they exactly. only, if they do it to kill either Terry or Frank, that'll be fine. Um, yeah. but other than that, right. yeah, I agree. I don't I don't want any like I think every show had a knee jerk, oh, we have to do a COVID thing reaction, but like maybe don't. Maybe don't. Just don't and see how that goes. Well, listen, whatever ends up happening, I will be back. You can't stop me from returning. And we will talk more shameless. And I'm thrilled and excited about it already. Yay! Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we send you off into the world, uh, let can you plug thyself? Can you let know, people know where they can find you and your incredible work? Can I plug myself? Sure. Well, that sentence can be taken in many different ways. <laughs> um, I certainly can. Um, yes. So I guess my, all of my stuff lives, um, on the internet at SimonePolicano.com. Um, my Instagram is S Policano. Um, and if I don't, you know, if you need a delivery of, um, groceries or supplies during this scary, scary time, you can go to invisiblehandsdeliver.org and we will help you out with a delivery. So that's, that's my personal plug. That's my work plug. That is all of the things. And, you know, one, one of these days when the entertainment industry decides to um, exist again, I'll have more uh, actor things to plug. <laughs> yes. And, when I decide to wake up. And Evan, uh, you want to plug all of your thingies? My thingies, sure. Yeah. Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I promise my username is a joke. Uh, my username is I want to die 4000. You can find me on Instagram and you can also find me on TikTok. Um, and yeah, and where can we find you, Amanda? You can find me on Twitter at AbnormalAmanda. Um, as pointed out in that episode of My Favorite Murder, Karen Kilgariff thinks that username is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> AbnormalAmanda on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, and you can follow the show on Luck We Had Pod on Instagram, Luck We Had Pod on Twitter. You can email our Gmail at luckwehadpod at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, all the S-word podcast hosting platforms. That is where you can listen to the show, which I don't know where how you're hearing this if you didn't know that. <laughs> we right. do have a website with all of that information, which has all of our links and the where you can listen, our emails, and you, you can find that at the luckwehad.carrd.co. So okay. card with two R's. The link to that is also in our Instagram and our Twitter bios. So we made yes. it very easy for you to find us. And that's it, everybody. That's the episode. Thank uh, you for listening. And Simone, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You guys are wonderful. And I will be back. Yay. Yes. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.